You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So in the diaspora, in Galut, rain is seen as a, it's a, not quite a curse, but it's an inconvenience. It's certainly not appreciated. Whereas in Eretz Israel, rain is a bracha. It's a really special bracha. It, rain is like, it's like GDP, actually. If there's enough rain, everything else in the economy can happen. And if there is not enough rain, it's a disaster. So as we begin the Mishnah Tanit, we're going to see that the first part of them, actually two thirds of the Mishnah is to do with rain. Rain's a big part. But, and there's a but, we struggle to find a verse to hang this on. Now, Maimonides will quote a verse from the Midbar. When you go to, when war comes to your land. So he's not actually going to talk about rain. He's going to talk about another kind of disaster. But when war comes to your land, um, against the enemy that oppresses you, you're going to sound a terua with the trumpets. And then you will be remembered before the Lord your God. You're going to be, you're going to sound these trumpets and you're going to be remembered and you're going to be saved. So that is the essence of the verse in Bamidbar. Here is the comment of the Mishneh Torah. I'm sorry, I couldn't translate this. The the the, the, the source she would not let me type into it in English next to this source. So I, I was just not able to enter a translation, but I'll, I'll just translate it briefly, so to speak, by eye, just to give you a sense as to how the theology of the Mishneh Torah. And of course, this is, he, he's really summarizing the theology of the Mishnah and the Gemara, although it will take us a little bit of time to unpack the Mishnah and the Gemara. And so that's why it's useful to look at the Mishnah Torah up front. It's a positive mitzvah from the Torah to cry out and to sound the trumpets. Remember the verse said, sounding the trumpets. On any disaster that comes upon the community. So we're extending this way beyond just war. And then he quotes our pasuk from Bamidbar. Kulomar, kol davar sheyatzar lachem, kol davar sheyatzer lachem, any calamity that falls on you, kagon batzoret, like a um, a famine, v'dever and plague, v'arbe and locusts, v'choyot sebahen and anything like that, zaku alehen v'hariu. So you cry out and you blow trumpets. And then he goes on to say, because this is the essence of the Rambam's philosophy. This thing is part of tshuva. You see, the, the, the Rambam does not believe that there is anything accidental in the world. And furthermore, he doesn't believe in some mechanical connection between crying out or blowing the trumpets and God's word. In other words, 
if something bad happens in the world, it's because we have done something wrong. And we are the only people that can fix it. So the purpose of crying out, well, let's read on in the Rambam. This thing is part of tshuva. It's part of repentance and return. Because at the time that this calamity comes, and then people cry out about it, and they blow the trumpets, everybody will know because everybody will know it's because of their evil deeds that this happened. And now uh, he quotes a verse from Jeremiah about your sins having pushed away the rain. Jeremiah is talking about essentially a drought and your sins have, have basically have made the weather go. Your sins actually have changed the climate. That's really what Jeremiah is saying. And this, by this he means everybody knowing what they've done and the tshuva and the repentance. And this will cause for them to put away the calamity from them. In other words, for the Rambam, this process of fasting is a trigger to repentance. It's not a magic trick. It's a trigger for repentance. And as we go through the Mishnayot of Tani, we're going to see a tension between a question as to whether is this just some ritual that we go through? And we, you know, we perform the ritual and the rain comes, or is there something deeper or more purposeful going on? And we'll see that question, if you like, explored as we go through to the third chapter. And then the Rambam goes on to say, And it's a rabbinic ordinance to fast whenever disaster comes to the community until there's pity from heaven. In other words, the, um, we don't have a verse to tell us to fast. The verse only tells us to blow the trumpets, but we're going to, the rabbis have attached fasting to blowing, as we do on, um, on Yom Kippur. So that's the introduction from the Mishnah Torah. The Mishnah will then begin. Me'ematai, from when? Just as the Mishnah in Brachot begins, from when do we read evening Shema? The Mishnah in Megillah reads, from when, from where do we, from where do we read the Megillah? The Mishnah always wants to know, where do we start? So the Mishnah already knows, by the way, we're going to do something. So the Mishnah doesn't have to tell us we're going to mention the powers of rain, but he wants to know when are we going to do it. When do they mention the powers of rain? Rabbi Eliezer says from the first day of the Chag. When the Mishnah refers to the Chag, the Mishnah is always talking about Sukkot. The Chag is Sukkot. So Rabbi Eliezer says on the first day of Sukkot, we mention the powers of rain. We're talking about the tefillah now. Rabbi Yoshua says from the last day of the Chag. Amar lo Rabbi Yoshua, 
Lama Maskir, Rabbi Yoshio said to him, rain on Chag is nothing other than a curse, the sign of a curse. Why do we mention this on the first day? We don't want rain on Sukkot. We do not want it. Amarlo Rabbi Eliezer, Afanilo Amarti Lishol, Eila Laskir. I didn't, Rabbi Eliezer said to him, I didn't say to request it, but just to mention it. Eila Laskir, Mashiv Haruach, Umorid Hageshem, Bo'onato. I just wanted to mention, to remind us, he who causes the wind to blow and the rain to fall in its due season. So we can see here that the Mishnah is talking about the changes we make to Shmonas Rei. Mashif Haruach Umrida Gashem. The Halacha actually follows Rabbi Hoshua. We begin to say Mashif Haruach Umrida Gashem on the last day of Sukkot. And that is the beginning. It's a little hint of the prayer. It's not a real prayer for rain, but it's a little bit of a hint of a prayer for rain. And um, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yoshua, he has the last word, says, If you're always going to say it, if, you, if, if you're always going to remind it in its, in its um, season, you're always going to mention it. I'm, I'm not sure I completely understand this because the season is not the summer. But anyway, Rabbi Yoshua wins. The halakha goes according to him. And the Baath Nura reminds us that in Rosh Hashanah were taught that the world is judged for rain on Sukkot, on the Chag. So because it's judged for rain on the Chag, it's kind of appropriate that, again, we mention God's power to give rain on the last day of Sukkot. And the Bas Nura goes on to say, look, not during Sukkot, because we know that rain during uh, Sukkot is a curse. And the Bath Nur is going to remind us about that Mishnah in Sukkah, about someone sitting in his Sukkah with the rain falling on him. And the Mishnah describes it as a someone who's brought a cup for his master and the master spills the pitcher in his face. Yeah, the, the servant's not obliged to sit in the Sukkah in the rain if the master has thrown the pitcher in his face. The Mishnah goes on then to say, They only request rain when close to the rainy season. The text now, and the text of the Mishnah is not quite clear here. Let's just go on and we'll see the lack of clarity. Rabbi Yudalmer, Rabbi Yudah says, Someone who passes before the ark, that's the shaliach tzibur. Someone who passes before the ark on the last day of the Chag, that's the last day of Sukkot. So we've agreed, we're following Rabbi Hoshua. We're following Rabbi Hoshua. The last one mentions, the first one does not mention. That is to say, the shaliach tzibur for Musaf mentions mashiv aruach umurid agashem. But the Shaliyah Sibur for Shacharit does not. The last one mentions, the first one does not. So Rabbi Yudai is going to add to Rabbi Yoshua by actually putting the exact time point when we begin to mention the rain. We don't seem to be asking for rain here. We're just mentioning it. That's why the introduction to the Mishnah, they only request rain. It, it just seems out of place. It's difficult for us to explain. But 
with the help of Rabbi Yudai, we've actually got to the, exactly the right point. And this is our practice today. We mention Mashivaruach Murida Gashem in the Musaf service on the on the the eighth day of Sukkot on Shemini Atzeret. Let's go on. Beyond Tov Rishon Shel Pesach, Harishon Maskir ve'Acharon Eino Maskir. On the first day of Pesach, the first one mentions that is for Shacharit at Pesach we mention Mashivaruach. Ha'achron no maskir. The last one doesn't remember it. We don't want rain on Pesach just as much as we don't want rain on Sukkot. Ad eimatai sholim at Until when do we ask for rain? Rabbi Yudah is going to say, Rabbi Yudah, amir avora Pesach. Rabbi Yudah says until Pesach is over. Rabbi Meir omer, ad nisan. Rabbi Meir says until the month of Nisan is out. We don't follow either, and, and this is very puzzling for us, actually, because we don't follow either Rabbi Yudah or Rabbi Meir here. We we stop at Pesach. We, we, we stop at Pesach. The Mishnah then goes on just on the request for rain. So we're going to start actually requesting rain rather than mentioning rain on the third of Mar Cheshvan. Rabban, I think a third is the custom in the land of Israel, but I'm not sure. Rabban Gamliel Omer Beshivavo Chamisha Asar Yom Rabban Gamliel says on the 7th of Marrakesh Farm, that's 15 days after the Chag. So that the last of Israel reaches the river Euphrates. So in other words, Rabban Gamliel, he's always very practical. And we're not only, it's not only do we not want rain during Sukkot, but we don't want rain while the pilgrims are returning home from Sukkot. So while we can say already on the eighth day of Sukkot, we're not going to request rain by saying we're not going to put the request for rain into the bracha of years in Shmonesrei until either the third or the seventh of Marcheshvan. And in the diaspora, we have a custom to do it. Um, I think it's 60 days after it's 60 days after the equinox so no maybe 60, 60 days before the equinox so we'll do it on december the three but no, that's 60 days after. i think it's 60 days after the equinox so in diaspora we'll do it on the third of december thank you for listening to this edition of the daily mishnah podcast with Benedict.